Hello. Hi. We're back. We're back. You know what's fun? That we, our last episode was about our TikTok drama and our TikToks from it are actually doing really. Like, look at how the universe turns around. I know. We're just learning how to deal with negative comments on TikTok. It's been funny. If you didn't listen to last week's solo unpacking about boundaries and TikTok drama, it's truly one of our favorites. Please go listen to it. We're just ripping a lot of TikToks from it and people think we're funny, which makes us think we're funny because, you know, we love validation. Why did you have to wake up just when we start recording? Because she hates me, Meadow. She really does. Yeah, do you hate Gabby? She really looks like it too, ready? I love just giving people the YouTube view of her. I'm Hall. Oh, she looks sweet right now. Yeah, she's like fucking screaming. Oi, oi, oi. How's your morning been? My morning's been great. I'm on day four of my period, and I have a really funny period story that I'm not going to tell on here. So I'm You went to Pilates on your period? I know. I'm just as shocked and horrified as you are. Holy shit. (laughs) But it's because it's day four. It's because it's day four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. My mood's back up. I think I just, I haven't been in a while, you know, but remind me to tell that on Patreon because. (laughs) Mm, Boy, will I. I. We have a couple good Patreon stories we need to tell, by the way. If you haven't been on there, we are ripping Patreon only unpackings with a lot more tea. Like to the point that like, I thought this was going to be a Patreon recording unpacking. That wasn't a sentence, but you get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. And Meadow told me like a little bit ago being like, we need to know. It needs to just be for public. I have so many things that I wrote down that I can't say here. So you really should tune in. And Patreon's really become our safe space. Like we truly let it fly on yeah, there. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. If you're interested in my dating life at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have, speaking of TikTok and your dating life, I have a follow-up to our story last week. If you, once again, haven't listened to last week's episode. Last solo. Gabby told a story about dating or running into boys with the same name. And I would just like to address part of the story that you left out, which I don't know if you want to include, so we'll see. Um, but that, <laughs> okay. the the street name. I did include of, that. right. Did you include the fact that you're now dating a new man whose name is the name of the street name? Yeah, you didn't, did you? So I just wanted to include that in there just to keep the saga going for the people. (laughs) Sorry. I am. (laughs) I literally wrote it down in my phone because I was like... (laughs) I am. And I haven't even told some of my friends because I'm that embarrassed. Like when Cardo was over the other day and I was talking to him about it. Cardo's my like my best male friend, FYI, yeah. if we ever hear me talk about him. I didn't even tell him what his name was. Because no I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. God, well, it's not by like the way, you're we're not seeking dating. it out. We've been yeah, on, you're by not the dating. Way, You've been sorry. on one date. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. Yeah. It's not real. But it's um, still funny. <laughs> He's still worth the mention. It's so annoying. You said you had things that you want to share on Patreon. Can you share like no. a, yeah, no, no version of that? No. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. You want me to start with my unpacking then? Because right mine's ahead. My... about abuse. <laughs> <laughs> You're what? No, please go ahead. Okay. So I haven't even told Gabby this because we've been waiting now, even when we have like just normal bestie calls. I'm like, oh, I got to tell you about it on the pod. Basically, you know, what was it? Not this past weekend, but the weekend before how I was just wallowing in my own psychosis and was a raging cunt for no weekend. You do know that. Mm. I deduced, thanks to Aaron figuring it out, obviously, and not me. Abusive relationships impact you a lot longer than you want them to. And I hate feeling like a victim. And I don't want to feel like a victim. And I... 
just you, there's so much shadow work already around like being in the field of mental health and still being in an abusive relationship. You know, I have all that shit that I've already worked through. And if if you're new here, our very first episode of all time was about toxic relationships. And please we, don't listen to it. Please don't. Gabby does not want anyone <laughs> to listen to it. But the root of it was both of us have been in relationships that have been toxic and also abusive. And there's a distinction. You know, go listen to it on your own time if you want to, if you want to learn that distinction. But it just, it was showing up in small ways over time that I just didn't really realize until it just hit me all at once. But one of the small ways in which my abuse is showing up right now, which I think just might be interesting to share in case anyone else is going through it, is that I cannot get dressed anymore. Like I have no clothes in my closet that feel like me and my energy. And I think we've talked so much about masculine and feminine energies on here. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm learning more and more to lean into my feminine alongside healing from the abuse and trauma. Like it's really allowing me Mm -hmm. as I let that go, it allows me to lean into the feminine side of that more. Mm -hmm. And just grappling with all of that, it got to the point where like Aaron and I go in our closet and look around and there's not one thing I can wear. Like I don't, and and it's, it sounds so silly and so trite, I guess, but it, it's to the point where like I put things on and it impacts my mental health of the day because I don't feel like represented to how I feel. And I'm such an aesthetically driven person. I've talked about this with you with my yeah. house. I'm such an aesthetically driven person that like when I don't feel like I am fully getting all that self-expression out in terms of how whatever creative outlet I'm looking for, whether that is you know, home design, interior designer, like the outfits I'm putting together, it monumentally impacts my mental health. And it sounds so silly and so small, but I swear to fucking God, that shit is really adding up. So anyway, I'm selling all of my clothes on Depop at It's Metalark. Please go buy them. <laughs> Please go buy them. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Before you dated this ex, mm-hmm. did you dress more feminine or was it like No. In high school, I wore shorts to school once, even though I live in San Diego and it's hot all the time because I had crippling insecurities about how big I was. Yeah. It had nothing to do with feminine energy. It had everything to do with insecurities. But because of that, I never really wore dresses. Like I I wore, when I was little, when I was a little girl, I only wore dresses. I was the most girly girl of all time. And then by middle school, high school, I was so insecure about being like bigger than boys because mm-hmm. oh, I was yeah. curvy and other white girls in San Diego were not. And I was so insecure about that, that I just like came off more boyish because masculine energy helps you mm-hmm. override insecurity. At least it did for me. But so now as I, I just look around and I have, I have, you know, no clothes that feel like me. And it's funny too. I mean, you saw my, um, 2021 New Year's resolution. I had a whole two pages of them that I posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. obviously forever ago. But one of them was wear more dresses. And so, like, I've gone a couple more dresses, and I feel that way. But it just—I know—and I've just noticed weird. it when you come here too, and you're like asking to borrow mine and Maddie's clothes. It's like, yeah, it's more specific. But the reason that I asked you that is because I think I talked. I don't know if I've spoken about this on the podcast, but do you remember when I told you how when I got out of my abusive relationship? And to be very clear, like, if you're just tuning in because we've we're, we've been getting new listeners, so hi, welcome. Hey. Um, my, when I say my abusive relationship, it was emotionally abusive. It never turned Mm -hmm. physical. Um, Meadow experienced both just to clarify. Uh I, during that relationship though, was, I never felt safe enough to like live in my feminine energy because I always felt like I had to be combative in order to protect myself. And I guess that's why I'm asking, why I asked you that of like, did, what does that have to do with your clothes now? Like, did you, oh, like uh, so I moved. I I just like haven't really, I don't know. I feel like 
I do shop, but it'll be like random bits and pieces here and there. And I love trading clothes and giving away and borrowing clothes and whatever. But I just, I feel like I came down and met Aaron at this time where I was like fresh out of Oakland, fresh out of the abusive relationship was not only Mm -hmm. very combative and in my masculine in terms of coping with that, but also like politically and was very social justice warrior and very politically charged to a fault. And I just have been like undoing and growing softer in a lot of different areas in my life. And then looking around and realizing that like the uniform and outfits I would wear that make me feel good and confident then have nothing to do with the characteristics and qualities of what gives me those feelings now. Mm. And it's like a physical embodiment of that almost. Yeah. I think it's really interesting when people, and I get into these fights a lot with like someone like my sister, for example, where we argue Mm. about the amount of attention that we put into our appearance. I've gotten into fights with her more in the past of like, you care so much about your appearance. Like I don't have time to shop. Like I'm doing more busy things. I don't, I'm doing more important things. I don't have time to shop. saying this or you? My sister. Mm. And I, first of all, I mean, that's a whole other thing for her to share and, you know, not my thing to get into, but I would always get so frustrated. And this was especially, we would have these fights a lot when I was in college and I was interning in fashion Mm. And I would get really frustrated because I was like, it really pisses me off when people think that fashion is so frivolous because what we put on our bodies Mm -hmm. every single day is such an embodiment, like you said, and a representation of how we're feeling literally inside out. Forget about the designers that you're supporting and the political commentary and the social commentary because art reflects culture, culture reflects art, like it all is one thing. But forget about all of those other things. And just think about the fact that what you're putting on, how that impacts you, how you feel. Like, how good do you fucking feel when you're going for a night out with your friends and you feel hot as fuck? Like, you walk into a room different. Different. Your chest is a little more out, your head's a little higher. Which is fine. People lean into different art and different ways of self-expression. Like, some people go wild with their makeup and Mm -hmm. big, beautiful, creative, avant-garde. You and I are not as into that. But if we put together a fit that feels exactly like the mood and energy we want to be in that day, it's like, it's like, um, putting on cute workout clothes to go to the gym because you actually will go and work out harder or, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Or like show up for yourself in a different way. I just, it really, it really annoys me when people boil things down to just being like a stupid girly thing that you care about or being superficial. Even when people cut their hair, I just got into this fight with one of our friends because I was like, when I got my hair cut it was shorter than I thought it was going to be. And I was really annoyed right. about it. And like, I didn't fucking cry about it, but like, no, I could have. And yeah. I was just annoyed. And I was like, okay, this is an adjustment, whatever. And they were like, I can't deal with people who get upset. It's fucking hair. And I'm like, no, maybe because you look really good with short hair, but like I've had long hair. Have my you ever whole met an life. indigenous person? And like, do you know how important hair is to other cultures? Two days ago, Aaron turned to me and said, our children will not be cutting their hair. And like us learning braids and protective hairstyles is going to be such a huge thing because not only is he black, he's also Native American. And Mm -hmm. both of those cultures have, he has such a strong feeling and representation and embodiment and culture tie to his hair. Like, that's just such an ignorant perspective. Like me being Latina, like I grew up all, like it wasn't culturally, like it, I mean, there's so many nuances and and discriminations like weaved into Latin hair. And again, like first to check my privilege here, like I am super white passing. I'm fully a white Latina. So like I have straighter hair and like didn't have to go through that whole motion that 
or I shouldn't dismiss it and say the whole motion, like all the fucking discrimination that all these women yeah. have gone through of straightening their hair and and, and looking more Euro-centric mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because that's what's considered attractive in our fucked up society. But what I will say is that like in Latin culture period, it's like women, when you're little, like your parents don't cut, they cut your hair, you get a haircut, but it's, you always have long hair. It's being very feminine mm-hmm. is what... Mm-hmm is ingrained in our culture where it's like the dainty, delicate Latina woman that like can't take care of herself and just like needs a man. And that again, which is, is why you super... have long, beautiful hair, but then thousands of dollars of laser bills. Cause it's nowhere else on your body. <laughs> yeah. Like I got laser. I fucking lasered my whole body when I was 18 years old. Yeah, exactly. I was using Jolene from God yep. knows how long mm-hmm. nairing every bit of oh my, my body God, and nair. burning my skin. Nair yeah. was an atrocity. I which hope is, it's better by the now, way, like I know it's they, still around. They talk about this in Euphoria. In well, they gloss Nair? over. They don't talk about no. Oh. <laughs> in I like, was like the, I don't in the first season <laughs> with Maddie's character, mm-hmm. they yes. talk about how Nate like doesn't like any hair and mm-hmm. like she's like super slick. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what they don't talk about in that, which was kind of like a wasted opportunity. I know that that show literally talks about everything, but it was a wasted opportunity. I think to not talk about the fact that like. She's a Latina character with like thick ass eyebrows and thick ass gorgeous hair. Like you don't think that bitch has hairy arms and like a hairy fucking happy trail? Well, when they showed and a mustache? Sydney Sweeney doing all her primp and prep for four hours before, it would have been so funny to cut to Maddie, like Jolene all over her body, like getting lasered oh, everywhere. Like my friends and I in high school, off, you know? we would send each other the funniest Snapchats of all of us with like Jolene on like our mustache, our stomachs and our arms, yep. like naked, like yep, cheese. Like this is what people don't, yeah. See. Share and, and talk about it. Share. And like, so it just frustrates me when people like diminish and boil down our appearance to just being superficial because there's so fucking much that goes into it. And it's so much that goes into how you feel. Right. And if it's not for you, great, go off. And I hope you're getting that self-expression somewhere else. But if it is for someone else, who are you to say, I can't deal with people that are going to cry over their hair? Who are you to do that? What if I said that about you and your magic cards? I don't know what brings you joy. Don't yuck my yum. My God. I love that you're magic cards. I've never heard you say that. Well, it just Aaron just went to that brain dead magic event, just speaking of clothes, because Comic-Con happened recently and he said it was the most steezy, like magic thing he's ever been to. And he said it was the sweetest thing in the world to witness because it's something that's stereotypically dorky, but then you have all these like cool brain dead kids trying to show it. He just said it was like the sweetest thing to kind of see that come together in a fun way. Would you date a magician? I mean, you're getting married to Aaron, but in oh, general. God. <laughs> you know, my mom and brothers, one of their favorite jokes <laughs> is, to, <laughs> is people that are into ventriloquism. Like my mom is like terrified of people that are into ventriloquism. Yeah. And we kind of use it as a baseline to be judgmental and cruel as we're talking about not judging other people. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't think I could do magician. I don't, I don't. Mm-mm. I asked you because we were talking about it this weekend because when we were out with our friends the other day, one of the girls that we were with like has like a whole squad of magician friends in LA that like all work at the Magic Castle. And she, like, fucking ro- she's like this gorgeous, like tall model who like rolls up with these like magicians. It's so funny. And then we were all like, I don't think I, I get kind of magician. love that. Oh, I love that's, it for her. That's pretty cool for her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just don't think I could do it. And then we started going through the list of like careers that you wouldn't date. Of all the things that would make me not date someone, career is not like the first thing I jump to, I would say. Like, cur- like career options is not the first thing that would give me an ick or give me a red flag. 
No, I'm not saying ick or red flag. I just mean like things that you, yeah, would think about. Like we were talking about like, would you date a politician? Would you date a cop? Would you date a firefighter? Like all those sort of things. You know, it's funny. Aaron has wanted to be two out of three of those. Aaron wanted to be a cop growing up his whole life. And I'm like, please don't. He still talks about maybe he'll go there someday. And I'm like, I totally understand wanting to make systematic changes from within because mm-hmm. I don't believe that being in an echo chamber helps create any changes and helps yeah, move but just society forward. But like, can you not be me. that one? Like, you're already doing great God's work. Like, please. No, but it's just like his safety. It's that from exactly. that perspective of like, exactly. to be able to be ma- the anxiety exactly. of being married to, yeah. mm-hmm. to someone who's putting their life in danger. Or someone like in the army, in the military. Like that's, those right. are the conversations we were having. It yeah. wasn't like a, ew, the magician one was. But the <laughs> rest were like. <laughs> the rest were more. Yeah, no, I feel mm-hmm. that. So anyway, yeah. that's kind of what I'm going through. I'm feeling a lot better about it now. It's been very fun to explore and play with it. So now I'm trying, because I spent two days crying and wallowing in my own psychosis and feeling through those feelings. Now it's been really fun and empowering to like look at everything you guys are wearing, look at stuff online, go on Depop, figure out what feels good and just kind of experiment and play. So now I'm in a new phase where I'm just going to start playing with my look. That makes me really happy and excited for you. It's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Because so it is, when I come uh, up and borrow your clothes, that's what I will be doing. Listen, I will be trying I'm on everything. I'm also still in that. I'm still I know in you are. figuring yeah. out because I think quarantine did that to all of us where it was yeah. like, we just like, look what I'm wearing. I record in sweats all the time. And like, it's what I'm, what I wear when I'm home and it's what I'm comfortable. And yeah, sweats are like cute, but like, yeah. I just got so comfortable, like not getting dressed. Like, I feel like I forgot how to like put outfits together. And like, I'll always look at the photos of me living in New York and I'm like, oh God, I like really fucking showed out to just go to the office. And like, wasn't that the good old days? I remember living with your girlfriends and sharing clothes. Yeah. Like in college and never put together better outfits. Seriously. And like just being inspired by other people. And like, yeah, I I, like even during quarantine when I was like living with my parents, like one time I like went to go work out outside and I like put on workout like a workout set and my stepdad was like I forgot that you were like thin (laughs) my uncle has fully said that to me before I was like oh (laughs) I literally was living with my family going to school whatever once again always just casual and comfortable and then one time was going out and had like a tight top and tight pants on and my uncle literally was like I forgot your waist was that small and I was like cool bet (laughs) seriously because I don't right always want to be too, perceived. Like, I love going on dog walks and wearing my all-male clothes and being like, please do not perceive me today. You know, there's always a time oh, and a totally. place for everything. totally. There's always a time and a place. And I love when it's in my control. That's the whole point. Exactly. That's the whole point. It's a fun thing to be able to have the control to self-expression. God, we could, we could talk about clothes and the nuance. Yeah, please switch us because I'll keep no, going. No, I mean, what do I have to unpack? Yeah. I started therapy. I had my first therapy session last week. I think I mentioned, I don't know if it was on the Patreon only or... I'm going to, that's going to be bad. I'm going to always forget where I said things. I know. Um, so I guess you just have to sign up for our Patreon. To just, <laughs> <make sure. laughs> just to cover your bases. Just to cover your bases. I, I had, I think I spoke about it on the podcast that I had done my consult and I really liked her. And then I went in in person and she's really cool. And what I like about her, first of all, she has a beautiful view, which you would not think Ooh. for like a building in like Encino. Wow. And it has a gorgeous view. What's fun is that because it's in Encino, not we're on the conversation of Encino, it's reframing Encino for me because someone that I used to hook up with lived there. And that was the only reason I would ever go over there. It just really always gives me like the ick. Like, yeah. 
Of course. Like his home is like five minutes from my new therapist office. And so I was at dinner with some girlfriends and one of my friends is the one who recommended her to me, this new therapist. And she was like, oh my God, I'll give you a list of like all my favorite coffee shops. Like, cause she lives in the area. Reframe. She's like, I'll give you all the coffee shops and like all the restaurants you can like go to after because I've been going in the morning. And I was like, amazing. I will reframe and like get a new thing. So that's exciting. And I like, what I like about her is that she is reactive so maybe if you've I, never tried therapy, this is, like a, this is like a good thing for people to think about. And I talked about in that episode when I said I was going to the consult, like what I asked her during our consultation consult. Yeah. Um, and so this time, what I really enjoyed about her personality was that she was very reactive. Because for me, like I don't like, I don't like the feeling of speaking to someone who feels like I'm talking to a wall, and like which yeah, they're trained not, to do. Yeah, Which so is, I like that creepy, sometimes she was. She wasn't always reactive. Oh, but for like, sure. For example, like, first of all, love that she wasn't taking notes because mm-hmm. then you can like, she writes it all down after or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know her mm-hmm. style. But I said something about like my mom or something and I just like glossed by it. I was like telling a story and I said it and she like giggles and she's like, I'm going to remember that. And I was like, oh, Ooh, yes. <laughs> Oh, good. I was like, oh, good. She's got trauma. a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got personality. Do we love yeah, a therapist cool. with personality? Mm-hmm. She's cool, and I feel very comfortable talking with her about like pretty much any. I mean, listen, you know me. I'll talk about pretty much anything with anyone, but there's obviously levels of comfort. And with her, like, I didn't get into it yet, but like, I know that when the time comes, like, I'm gonna feel very comfortable talking about sex and. Cool things like that. What is the difference between your previous therapist that you've spoken about on the podcast before and this one that makes you feel like, yes, this is someone I want to work with? Honestly, I think that the other therapist I think was too young, which I liked Mm. in the beginning. I think she was like 32, Mm -hmm. which I liked to starting out. But then I was like, "Mm, I don't know how I feel about it because like, I I think this woman's like in her like... early 40s probably and I think that like just knowing again this is me judging but it's like just knowing that she's been in the field for like a certain amount of time and like had enough experience makes me like her and the fact that she's like a parent I really like she's like two young kids and again it just the other one felt more gossipy not because she was doing anything it just like she wasn't giving me anything to work with. So it just felt like a giant venting session, which like I guess therapy can be, but it was unhelpful because she wasn't guiding me. It, like this she would be like actually has life advice and wisdom and is and holding she pivots space me. and following up with pinging you about what to go into deeper. Yes, and yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I will talk about the same thing. If you're not giving me any cues, like I will just ramble and ramble and ramble, which is so the point sometimes because you like work through your own shit. And that is helpful for me to like get to conclusions on my own but at the same time like if I say something that like pings her ear she'll be like she'll pick it up and she'll respond and she'll be like okay so like why did you feel that way or like not even those basic questions of like okay what happened there or like you know whatever just like Mm -hmm. guided me a little bit more so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. listen it was one session I love that though. I love that you already have, you know, seen different styles and are figuring out what works for you and what you're looking for. And like, that's part of the process of going to therapy is it's sometimes we've said this before. Sometimes it's kind of like dating, like people have modalities and approaches and you have to figure out someone that works for you and someone that's going to help you grow and like be honest about that and not placate you, you know, and figuring out what that looks like. I love that so much. 
I'm excited. And I love that it's a proper office where like, yeah, it's, you have a space to go into. Like it's a space to go into and I can, yeah, I don't live that close to Encino, but I I don't mind it because I I work from home. I'm always Mm -hmm. home. Like I Mm -hmm. I don't want to also add that like, not that therapy is always heavy, but like whatever heaviness may come, like I don't need to do it in the same space that I work and sleep. Yes. So it is, you know, a luxury that I can drive to her. And if I don't, if I can't or I'm sick or whatever, like I can zoom, but it is a nice luxury to have to like just get up and go. And I just, I think that like I would urge people listening, if you have the opportunity, if you're in therapy or you're looking for a therapist, I would urge you to try and find someone who's nearby so that you have the option to go if your work allows that. Because I think we've gotten so complacent after the past two, three years now of like, just doing everything from home because it's easier and whatever. But I think we've lost the magic of just going places and like interacting, even if it's like literally other people on the street mm-hmm. or like, like what I'm doing, finding a new coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Like what if I find a That's coffee shop that I'm like obsessed with too. and like doing take my things, computer and like I'm going to work yep, from yep, the yep. valley now. Yeah. Like I'm, why would I ever go to the valley unless I'm like going to my friend's house or I guess now to therapy. So it's like, great. Like now I love Studio City. It's right next to Encino, but I never want to drive there. So like, great. Now I'll go hang out in Studio City after therapy and like have a day. So, and and that's nice too, because it like gets the stickiness out of it after. And like, you can go do those things. If you can work from home, like go work for somewhere like in a different neighborhood, it Mm -hmm. gets you out of your space. So I would urge people if you're starting therapy or if you have the option with your therapist to find someone that has the option of seeing them in person. And I will co-sign even from uh, another side of the flip side of the coin is holding space as an act in general feels different in person. It, it's energetically it different when you're held in person. It just, yeah, is. you know, it's it so does. cool. My old therapist, Kim does, she does walk and talk sessions. So rather than going and meeting her at her office, you go and meet up at the beach and you walk <gasps> up and down the beach and talk to her. Like special. how beautiful. And when the mind body is so involved, or if your trauma is in your body and you're being able to walk and talk, like it's just, there's so many different options and unique ways that people are also offering like, services and therapy right now. It's so cool. There's like a different pep in your step too. Cause sometimes, yes, you mm-hmm. will leave therapy like feeling really depleted, but other times you leave therapy just feeling so fucking proud. I mean, I think yes. you're proud anytime after yeah. because you're just like, I, I did it. But I had such a fucking pep in my step when I left that office. I was yeah. like, ooh, starting the day. And it, I like did it in the morning too, which I kind of like. yeah. And I don't know, it just like it set up the day and it was like a nice thing. It was like, okay, I work out in the morning. Now I'm doing therapy in the morning too. So it's like, yes, all of the like mental mind body exercise in the morning, body baby. Stuff. And also just like, do you know how awkward it is to cry on Zoom? Oh, no. Because I've never, I've, I haven't really done very many therapy sessions over Zoom. Most of mine were always in person. It's so no, weird. But I can fucking imagine. It's weird. And it's by the way. It I'm would just like, make you want to close the computer. Yeah. Or like, I'll be on my phone. Like, I'll be distracted. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was, I guess, unpacking. And I have work stuff that I want to talk about and unpack so fucking badly. And, and I can't, can't at this yet. point in time, but so much of it is wrapped up in shadow work and challenging ourselves. And we've talked about shadow work a few times. You know what? Do we want to do a shadow work rant right now? Like just random I mean, tangent? for it. I don't I'm not necessarily prepared for it. And I don't want to go into a whole thing about like explaining the modalities behind it. But I think we've talked to reference it enough that it's worth it to say the way in which we approach it. To me, and the way I approach shadow work is 
parts of you that you project or judge on other things are an easy way to show you what are some things to work on of your own insecurities in yourself. Anyway, as I'm in a bad mood talking about shadow work is pretty fucking appropriate, but in a bad mood about Mahal, we just had to pause again for Mahal to be a total and complete cunt. But uh, the We're way really normalizing I, the word cunt, by the way, on this podcast, I love the word cunt. People <laughs> have a problem favorite. with it, but you, it's your and I's favorite. I, we love it. I just find it so fucking funny. Before it was like that was just like my biggest insult for someone, and now I think I say it so I, like so much. Like fuck is my favorite yeah. curse word, and so is cunt. And so when I put Same. them together, like you're a fucking cunt, it just like hits. It hits deep. so well. And you know what's fun about it too is just. Even the fact that it it hits so hard here and other countries use it so much more casually. Like, it's just kind of fun that that already has such a difference and variance, if you will. Also, like, it just so. makes me feel grown. Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not calling like you a little up. bitch. I'm calling you a fucking, fucking cunt. cunt. <laughs> like, it's just fun for me. I don't know. Sorry, I really threw off your train of thought there. No, it was an no, you didn't. It's take. so funny. It helped me release that emotional energy so I could Go get ahead. back into it anyway. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going back into a lot. I mean, we've, everything is self-worth, but with shadow specifically, it's about what parts of you can you not fully accept into your self-worth and learning to, to me, it's not to like change yourself or to just only accept them for what they are. It's to make space around them. Like you can think you're cringe and not like it, but when you make enough space around you to accept that part of you and all the other good, it's just I don't know. I guess I'm thinking about it right now more in terms of energetics, but I always imagine myself just like making more room around the sticky shadow thing to like fully envelop it and accept it as part of me. And it just allows you to feel so much more confident in every other aspect of life, which goes back to the, you think anything you can call me, I haven't called myself something worse in my head already conversation that is being loved on TikTok right now. And it, it's just, I don't know, I'm really vibing with shadow work recently. That's it. That's my long tangent. No, do you know what, though? I'm glad you brought that up because shadow work is something that freaks me out a little bit because I, that's Scary. basically all we freaking did when we were in Hoffman. I bet, And yeah. it's a lot of just, a lot of shadow work and a lot of just confronting it. And again, realizing that your negative patterns also have skill sets. So you can like Mm -hmm. keep those and thank them for what they can do for you. Love that lesson. But I've been noticing recently that after I left Hoffman, and it's funny that because I haven't even like conceptualized this until you just brought it up. So thank Mm. you for bringing up shadow work. I after I left Hoffman was so for the past three years have just been on this like bright journey of like, I love myself so much and <laughs> I'm so great. And I fucking love me. <laughs> I fucking love literally one of my next tattoos is going to say, yeah. I love me. Yeah. And just like on this, like I am a great person who like can fuck up, but like, frankly do no wrong. Like, <laughs> like obviously I can, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's but your just, step of your self love journey right now. I just yes. think I trust yeah. myself enough to make decisions that if they're going to hurt anyone, they're going to hurt me, mm-hmm. not like others. Not and I'm else. sure you always hurt others along the way in some way that's, you know, not on purpose or whatever. I'm, we're going to continue to fuck up. But again, new fuck ups. And recently I was triggered and mm-hmm. it was a really weird feeling for me because I felt. I was in a situation, which I'll tell you about off camera, but Mm -hmm. I was in a situation, you were there. I was in a situation where something in a social environment happened 
And my immediate reaction was, did I do something wrong? What wound did it trigger? Can you share that in a general way or is it a little too specific? Yes. So it is specific, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. It triggered in me of like, one of the things that I worked through when I was there was I would lie a lot to Mm. friends. And I was, we can go into why of, Mm -hmm. I would lie a lot about men, about at the time boys. And it was, was like, episode one. We know why. Wasn't episode one. <laughs> Basically, like, okay, if we're going to say the why, it's like I was in a situation when I was younger where I was really vulnerable and, like, fell in love with a boy when I was 15 who, like, was in a relationship. And he cheated on his girlfriend with me. And this is after, like, he was, by the way, my first kiss when we were, like, in the fucking seventh grade. And I was, like, in love with him. And he was my best friend. And, you know, was telling he was in love with me for a year. And I believed him. I'm 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. and he cheated on his girlfriend with me, and half my friends didn't talk to me. And mm-hmm. we weren't friends with the girlfriend either. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like she was a friend that, you know, whatever. And that basically, obviously, I didn't tell them. Like, he's like, we got to keep this a secret. We got to keep it a secret. We were obviously doing something yeah. wrong. And that, that response and the root of that, that situation set me, you up. Mm-hmm, sort of yeah. understanding that, like, if I do something that, morally does not align with what my friends think, then they will leave me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the, it was, it was a feeling of conditional love that was Mm -hmm. felt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I internalized that. And, you know, my fault in that was that then as I grew up, instead of trying to have those conversations with them and maybe giving them the opportunity to tell me that they've changed that dynamic, I just got sneaky. Because I was like, it's going to happen again. I want again. love. Yeah, it's going to happen, happen again. again. So if I, I do something that you don't agree it. with, by the way, that was the only time I've done that, by the way. But like, it's not like but I was in going way around it showed up. Not just friends. about men. In no, any morality it, situation, it would show up. Now you're having to be sneaky because that's been yes. taught to you to be conditional. Right. So you're operating right. to protect yourself. Right. And receive right. love. Yeah. Right. So what happened in Hoffman was I really worked through that concept of like, we did this thing called like vicious cycles, which is so funny because that's what we ended up calling. That's why I came up with that name, by the way, because I thought okay, of it, um, which we ended up calling some of our <laughs> episodes. But what the vicious cycles were, were like bringing up one pattern that's like your negative pattern and the cycle that it plays out in. So like mm, you do, you do the thing and yeah. then like what happens after it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're tracing it, like pattern tracing. Mm-hmm. And Helpful, helpful tools. If no one has done that, helpful please tool. go journal on that tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a, you can look it up. It's really helpful. Yeah. We'll, we'll like link something in the show notes. But one of the things that I worked through was the narrative. Because I told you, I was like, remember I had a friend who like told me I was a man eater. Mm-hmm. And they like meant it as a compliment. And their mother. Mm-hmm. And their mother also said it to me. Mm-hmm. And I basically had the narrative in my head of like, I am like a toxic, bad person that like takes men that like I know will fall in love with me and like make them fall in love with me and then like fuck with them just for like the internal satisfaction. And I definitely did do that with some people. Mm-hmm. Um and that was because I had done that and my ex, the emotionally abusive one, knew that about me because I'd meant I'd talked to him about it, like opening up. That was then used against me. Yep. When we'd fight, of being like, 
you know you have me in the grip of your hand and like you know what you're doing to me when we break up because I was always the one breaking up with him which and is get so back together, funny that, and it was just always my fault again <laughs> and it, it's just that's what I mean it's so funny that he's so good at manipulation no, that he, he was can really use good your own it. manipulation to make himself feel like the victim yeah that's love so, when abuse does that yeah, it's fun. It's a fun tactic. So when, uh, when the way that it came up recently to bring it back and close yes. the loop is recently we were in a social setting and I mean, I guess I'll just say what happened. It's fine. But someone was flirting with me that we had never met before that like our other friend, like, I don't even want to say has a crush on. It's just like someone that no. she would, she's never, she'd never met the She person. would also hit it. But she would also, yeah, it was like where are, it was where we'll our types yeah. overlapped. Mm-hmm. 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 And he f- was flirting with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like adamant that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the night, it was so obvious that he was. Right. That it made me so scared. And I like called Meadow and I haven't even talked about it with our other friends. So like maybe this isn't great that I'm airing this out on the podcast. <laughs> they don't listen. They don't listen. They told me. <laughs> our friends Thank God. do not listen to our podcast, which honestly is probably is better great. for us. <laughs> yeah. But, but I told Meadow, I like was like, were they mad at me? And Meadow was like, no. Not and even. that was my first reaction was like, I felt the most uncomfortable discomfort mm. that I have felt in such a long time that night because I was like almost trying to be like like not even like make myself unattractive but just like no it's just bringing up those old wounds and just being like how do I respond differently it made me feel like was it my fault like yeah, like is it my, exactly. like a she like are they going to be mad at me right is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Did I like look at him for too long? Did I like, you know, like all of those things started going through my brain. And it was like, what's wild is that this friend and I are the polar opposites when it comes to like how we look. So like, honestly, it's like perfect because it's like people just have different types. Absolutely. So like they're going to be out and like someone that's hitting on them is going to never look twice at me. Absolutely. And that happens. And so it was just one of those situations that brought up all of that. And it made me so uncomfortable. And then it made me so scared that they were going to be mad at me. And then the next day they like picked me up and we like chipper as fuck. Like, Oh my God, how, how'd you sleep? Like nothing. Did you ruminate like, it on was, it at night? Did you catch yourself and think, let me reframe? In like, the how moment, are you responding? Yeah. No, in the moment as it was happening, I was like petrified. Oh my God. Am I going to get now? Are they going to get mad at me? Well, you warned me even. You like privately said something to me at one point even too. And because I was like, that was my initial gut reaction right. because right. that is what old friendships have taught me. Right. Of course. Was like, it's it's my fault. Was it by the next morning, their attitude of just not caring at all, did that officially like release you or did it still leave lingering things and you had to work through it? It really, it, it really was a very sweet moment where like I got in the car and I just like let out like a like, oh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. oh my god, yes, Gabby, this is just another like mm-hmm. affirmation that like you have brought people into your life who love you. Mm-hmm. And again, not that these people don't love me in no. high school, but it's just was, in a way just, that you're looking different. for. Yeah. And um, do you think now yeah. if it happened again, even with that same friend, that in real time you would be able to watch those thoughts come up and just be like, I'm not even tolerating it because I've been here before and I'm learning this lesson. Or do you think, I think it I'm would still be a sticky? It. Yeah. I think I'm working through it. Because I'm going to let you know right now combo. that situation will occur again. Yeah. 
I'm just going to let you know right now. No, I, I know. know what's a tradition. Like that's going to happen again. <laughs> it's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen both ways all the time. Like exactly. that's just things that happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. I didn't know that was going to come up while today. We there, <laughs> I know, nor did I. But also while we were there, like you were very calm, cool, collected and all the, any of I those narratives you were saying to yourself. my pants. Yeah. And, and, and all those narratives you were saying to yourself, you knew weren't true, even though you were shitting your pants and you still handled yourself with grace and with love and with empathy. And it was all fine. Yeah. But I did notice myself being extra nice to her that night. Did you? Not that I'm not nice to her, but I was just extra <laughs> like lovey. Yeah. Cause I was like uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Sometimes we do that and it feels good. I'm sure she appreciated the love, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's probably like, God, I'm really good today. You know, yeah. like, but this sure is what's cool great. about shadow work, which is I'm, I'm so glad that Meadow brought it up because it's like, this is the stuff that like, like a lot of times we get triggered. And this is another, sorry, everything I learned, I learned from Hoffman. Okay. I was born there apparently. I need and to go. all my memories were born there. But like the, another lesson is like, oftentimes when people's behavior, when people are, is like, are doing things that trigger us and like get a reaction out of us, it's usually a cue for you to look inside and be like, what the fuck has happened to me in my past that that pissed me off this much? What parent does that remind me of? And like, yes, the person can still be an asshole, not mutually exclusive as most things are not. But it is always a fun opportunity because we love turning everything into a lesson of reframe, reframing like, where the fuck Use have your I triggers as a roadmap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Use your triggers as a roadmap. It's Period. the best. Triggers are, I love saying this, and I think there's absolutely nuance in this statement, so everyone take it with a grain of sand, but I love saying triggers are your responsibility. And obviously there's a line with that, with as there mm-hmm. is with all things, but I think in the, in the way of using your triggers as a roadmap to figure out what are still blocking you and what to work through is such a powerful tool. Like I love telling people that are new to mental health work or new to whatever, if you don't know where to start, but you just know that you feel like gross or icky or sticky about those, what X, Y, and Z situations, those situations are where you start. It's a beautiful place to start. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it's helpful to have triggers because it is a clear indicator of something that you can work on. Like it's, you can reframe it to really be like, oh, great. Like that's showing me exactly where I need help. Yeah. How cool. And you know what's funny is that like now as we're having this conversation, especially like after like Meadow and I are posting a lot on TikTok. And if you guys found us on TikTok and that's why you're here, welcome to the motherfucking club. Okay. We're so happy you're here. But like some people on TikTok be crazy and in the comments are wild. And like literally I just finished this whole spiel and like we're not turning that into a TikTok. Maybe we'll turn the triggers thing into a TikTok, but we're not going to tell that story on TikTok. No. And like in my brain, I'm like, I can just already see people like listening, being like, oh, poor you. People hit on you. Mm." Oh, yep. That's Mm -hmm. where my brain goes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's why I almost feel like TikTok has been kind of like a fun way to see shadow work because in in the mass shooting one that I did and the Cuba one that you did, like when you see people respond in that way, it's to me, it having the experience come up over and over again is showing my brain over and over again, how much of it is a projection of that person. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the more often it happens, I'm kind of, the more I'm being like released and released and released from it. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of not, I'm not in any way into haters, but like I, I, 
welcome the opportunity to have this experience on the internet because it's really showing me. No, me too. And it, it, it makes you look at yourself too. Like it's allowing me to, when I'm consuming others' content and feel this type of way, I can catch myself and be like, wow, mm-hmm. that was judgmental, Meadow. Where'd you get that one from? And like, it's not like I'm commenting things because I don't comment mean things on people's stuff. I keep it to myself. you comment mean things, like you're a weirdo, bro. Just keep it to yourself. It's Just not like, a good go deal. For, it, like, go for a walk. Go for a walk. Honestly, know, like, make masturbate. A Fucking masturbate. Bake a cake. Go yeah. like just play go with jerk a puppy. off. Yeah, just chill like, out. Maybe just don't be such a fucking dick. Like it's just. <laughs> would you say it you to know my face? I mean? But it just exactly. But it just becomes so it's so clear and clear that it. I kind of welcome it as an opportunity because it's one helping me work on myself and two just helping me integrate my shadow more and really not take things personally because it's never about you and even whatever judgment I'm going to project on someone else is such a side of myself that maybe they're not even showing themselves or. It mm. just, I don't know. It just allows me to kind of release it more and more the more it happens. It's exposure therapy, I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like TikTok has become our exposure therapy. It really has. And also on top of that, it like, it reminds you that at the end of the day, that was the point of this podcast was, yeah, it was. we it's wanted to have conversations that make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. and create narratives and mm-hmm. create conversation and so and discourse and discussion and like I was looking at the comments on one of the TikToks recently and like people were going back and forth like I love seeing the threads like not just the Mm -hmm. individual comments like when people are commenting and they don't agree with each other and sometimes I'm like okay play nice both of you right because we can do this in a respectful way yeah but and always we're always going to ask that you please keep the comment section positive like mm-hmm. there is always a discussion and feel free to disagree with us no please you don't have to think anything that we no. think like but respectfully you don't respect think about other people did yeah. you ever have like in school did they ever call them like harkness discussions no that was like so we had these like our, our tables in mo- in a lot of my like classes that were english or history or like discussion based classes mm-hmm. we had a circular table mm-hmm. um so that like everyone's looking at each other right. and we would be like, they would, they were called like Harkness discussions. Mm-hmm. And I always think about that. Like when I'm reading comments is the point is for people to have conversation and to debate, but debate as if like you were in class with a teacher sitting there where like, you're not going to be a disrespectful bitch to someone mm-hmm. and like, like speak that way, speak the way that you would want someone to just like to have conversation with you back. Because what the well, fuck is the point if you're just yelling right. at each other? Like, you're getting nothing across. First of all, like, a lot of times the point is not to change someone's mind. It's just to expose them to a new well, way of thinking. that's their point. That's why they're yelling. Because if you actually wanted to just share and have a discussion and you weren't gung-ho on changing someone's mind, you would know that the best way to change someone's mind and have a productive discussion would to be to operate with respect mm-hmm. and kindness. Because I mean, the listen. second you operate with judgment, you think anyone's going to listen to you. How is that helping your cause? So you don't actually want to help your cause. You just want to yell and feel morally superior than someone mm-hmm. else, which is a little gross. Maybe you should do some shadow work about it. <laughs> Seriously, oh, do you know what really going. helped me with that? The Trump election. Because <gasps> it, I was such an angry bitch for so long. Yeah. And it really, Chelsea Handler talks about it, where mm-hmm. she was like, I was just, she was like, I wouldn't talk to someone. Like, you voted for him. Like, you're, you fucking delete my number for the rest of your life. And she, she did a Netflix special about it. And she was like, I had to learn to have conversations. First of all, she was like, to understand where my anger was coming from, mm-hmm. but also like realize, 
that like a lot of times, like we are not going to change people's minds, but just introducing the possibility, like we like talking about here, of something different. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like maybe in the future, you know, someone who typically votes pretty conservatively now, you know, understands social justice issues in a different way. And they might see a candidate that they would have never voted for just because on the ticket it says that they're a Democrat. But, you know, this aligns now more morally with them and they saw the impact maybe in a different way. And now they're going to vote that way. It's like you just you never know what conversation will do. And people are 360 degree human beings. Like there's nuance with all of us. Now we're not talking about politics anymore. But like just there's there's nuance in all of us. And I think that's what Meta and I are always trying to fucking talk about is like there's just nuance gray. in everything. And I think the internet removes the gray and people like there was someone defending something that we said in the comments to someone who was like not even being aggressive. Like they didn't agree with us. I saw that. And like the person that was defending us, I was like, you need to relax. Like <laughs> you need you, I'm gonna send you. I think there's also something, oh, that's funny. We should do that. I think there's also something to be said about if you think you're the one that like should change their mind or can change their mind or like. It's an ego thing. Yeah. And also I think it's interesting in the way last week that we spoke about approaching the TikTok, the Cuba situation and approaching social media with nuance. I don't think people ever show up to another person's online profile and operate with the same level of respect as someone standing behind you in a Starbucks line. Like there's some weird thing about being online versus being in person that I think when people operate in person with each other, there's kind of a baseline level of respect because you honor them as another human being. Whereas you show up to someone in an online space, there is zero baseline of respect. Mm -hmm. It's really scary. Absolutely, And it's 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 kind of like- that's only because it's behind a screen. Like we just immediately forget that there's humanity behind it. It's really interesting. And I wonder how that, I wonder if meta and web three and the future of, of life lines getting blurred and blurred or blurred will make that easier to bring humanity into it or harder. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's the same thing of recognizing your triggers. It's like, we are now just reaching way more people than we ever would standing on a soapbox. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we're reaching all these people who have infinite amount of triggers who mm-hmm. either don't have the tools or don't have the desire or the resources or whatever it is to, you know, d- do some work on themselves. And it's That's like a beautiful point. You're you're reaching these people that like you don't know where they're at in their lives, and you never know what it's going to hit. And like, listen, for example, I this podcast came up the other day that Tinks was on, and like whole other combo. Okay, mm-hmm. this is not mm-hmm. me saying mm-hmm. any judgment on Tinks. She made a point that I liked. And Mm -hmm. she said, she was like, you know, the guy that was interviewing her, who, by the way, like, love that he has a podcast. His name is Jamie. I can't remember his last name. He was on the show Made in Chelsea, which is like the British version of The Hills, which I fucking love Made in Chelsea. And so this man, like, now randomly has a podcast. Never heard of it in my life. It was real fun for me to, like, see him on my I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much. (laughs) It really brought something out of me. And she was on his podcast, and he asked her something about, like, do you ever just wake up and go, like, not today? with like the haters. And she was like, I mean, literally every day. And she made a a point that was so valid. She was like, I mean, people are always going to find something. She's like, I could literally get on there and say, I ate a banana for breakfast. And she's like, and I can have a comment that says, 
you know, if you have X amount of bananas, you could die from potassium poisoning. So how dare you with your platform tell people to eat a banana Mm -hmm. without the information? Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I was like, that is so Mm -hmm. fucking true, dude. Like, Mm -hmm. Because their brother choked on a banana once or had potassium poison. Like you never, you never fucking know. It's like me being, going on being like, oh, I am wearing a tampon right now. And someone's like, how dare you? Because people can die of toxic shock. I'm like, you don't think I know that? I'm a woman. You don't think (laughs) think we wear pads every night because we're terrified of that? Yeah. (laughs) Like how dare you not in your five second TikTok say that you change your tampon every two hours to avoid toxic shock? Like, you know, what's interesting. I wonder if that- I know. I wonder if that is going to change because I think the whole idea of just influencers and marketing is changing so much too, because you can have millions of followers and still basically be anonymous. And you could be a micro influencer and have much more impact and influence than people with other numbers. Like I think this generation is just kind of changing. It used to be a lot of numbers behind you kind of Mm -hmm. had some sort of certain connotation and it's really not true anymore. And I think marketing in general is catching on to that more and more. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of like how this plays a role in it. Do you know what too, though? I think that TikTok, one of the beauties of it is that it's creating a generation of creators who actually will not tolerate your shit and have such strong personalities. Like you see people like Drew on there. Mm -hmm. And I love her on TikTok because she just won't stand for your shit. And so it's, it's, I think before with influencers, the whole thing with influencers was that they were so curated and like, frankly, like didn't have a voice. Mm. And now, now it's more voice than we want. It's more voice <laughs> because people can't tolerate. I think we saw after everything that's happened in the past two, three years, people's tolerance for someone with nothing to say of value has gone down. And now creators who actually have something to say, even if we don't agree with it, but they're like opinionated as fuck. Mm-hmm. That's what, people want Mm -hmm. and it's fun because it's like they won't let you stomp on them like Teffy just made a TikTok about people shitting on her for not having perfect Spanish and I didn't see that it was so well done and it was everything that I've always fucking thought Mm -hmm. because I'm in the same boat Mm -hmm. and like not letting people diminish her for not being Latina enough Mm -hmm. and like pointing out the nuance of, oh, and by the way, why do you think that my Spanish isn't perfect? Because my parents were so in a desire to assimilate that they spoke English in the household because they wanted me to have equal opportunity and not have an accent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you think that all of us first generation kids don't have Mm -hmm. fucking accents? And And you're getting mad at someone that's the product of a system that's racist rather than the system in and of itself. Like it's just, it's such a misguided way to project that shit. Mm -hmm. When you could be making systematic changes to contribute to something to be anti-racist. No, let's just yell at Teffy because she doesn't know that word in Spanish. Like it just... No, exactly. It's that. And the same thing with the Cuba thing. I was talking about it with my stepsister last night because she was like, I was so upset looking at those comments for you because she's like, what infuriates me that people just know nothing about your life. Like someone commented like, how many plantations did your family own on our TikTok? First of all, like generational wealth like doesn't exist with Cubans. Like, yeah, if you're the fucking like Coca-Cola family that like Mm -hmm. got all their shit out before, but it's like, we, that was not. That's not not your family, babes. Wasn't, (laughs) it just wasn't my family. Like my family wasn't poor in Cuba, but my family wasn't rich as fuck. Mm -hmm. And like when they left, even if they were rich as fuck, when they left, they left with zero fucking dollars. Like my sister was like, my grandfather left with $12. And like, I wonder if you that's get, a 
sorry, keep going. That I was just saying, I'm like, you get to, again, a country that's not your home, you're forced to Mm -hmm. rebuild. And it's like any sort of generational wealth that will now exist in my family is because of my mother, because my mother had built it from the ground up in her 20s. Built it from the ground up. Like both my parents did. And like, even though my mom was the breadwinner in our family, both of my parents were able to build from the ground up doing mm-hmm. everything to put themselves through school like same with especially my mom like putting herself through school that's what my sister was saying like her grandfather was fucking cleaning toilets for god knows how long and like my stepdad was literally like broke and bankrupt and like learning all of these things and everything that they have is because of what they fucking built and worked for and now you're going to sit there in the comments yelling at me that like I'm a bad person or I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because I like grew up with parents who showed me what hard work is. Mm -hmm. And even like, yeah, gosh, it just brings up so many things to me. Like part of me is like, even if you were born into a family that contributed to something that was, was racist, which is absolutely not the case. Like you saw a 12 second TikTok, knew nothing about this person, projected that onto them. Also, have never seen them before, have no idea what systems they're involved in, know that they release one hour a week of a public. It's just, that's what I mean. It's just so interesting that, like, we really just grapple like, towards everything. And I also yes. think it's very, um, fuck, ethnocentric, meaning I think the majority of the comments and people that we interact with are people that live in America, obviously, because we live in America and that's just kind of. We we have listeners in other countries, which is really fun. Hello, hi from other countries. I see you guys hi. sometimes. But a majority, obviously, are just Americans. And I think we have such a discrepancy with the top 1% and hyper-rich, mm-hmm. infathomable people. And then there's like really not – the middle class in America has been disappearing for a long time. And I think mm-hmm. that's such a weird projection onto Cuba to be like, oh, you definitely own plantations then if you had also people just any don't ounce really of money besides poverty. Like that just – how you don't understand your history. You're projecting everything. Like it just – it's just uh, – People also just, just like so don't – they don't also know like Cuban history. But like aside from the right. Cuba thing, it's like – then, like, my stepsister was saying to me yesterday, too, she's like, also, it's like if people fucking knew, like, and this isn't some, like, white savior shit of, like, the amount of opportunity that my mom has then created for other Latin women in her industry and the amount of women that she's hired and, like, brought up with her up the ladder, like, and that's the shit that you and I always talk about. And I always talk about it, too, with, like, other, like, Latinas in media. I'm like, bitch, like, you don't think that every step I take, I'm, like, dragging five of you with me up there. Like, but you know, if I you say the that money, publicly, they'll drag you for doing it for clout and attention. So it's like, what do you, what do you want? You can't win. <laughs> what do you, so do you like, want me to live authentically? Do you want me to yell about it? Like, which one? Because either way, you're going to no, get mad. So why just, don't you just focus on yourself? Exactly. And so I think that's just the point of what I'm trying to say of what I was saying before of like, I, the stress ball is out of, you know. <laughs> like, Anytime we talk about the Cuba TikTok, the stress ball comes out. <laughs> I've got a pen in one hand. I got a stress ball in the other. Like, I'm in. Where, that's the point that I was trying to make of these other creators like Tuffy and Drew who like won't stand for your shit is like, we're realizing that we're never going to win. Mm-hmm. And all we can do is try and do the best that we can mm-hmm. and make people's days a little brighter. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to scream at me for it, like, I send you love and light in the most condescending way possible. <laughs> I was waiting for the follow-up. <laughs> Beautiful Period. place to end. Love that. Yeah. 
Way to guide this convo, by the way. You really brought up some topics that I didn't Did expect I? to have. And the shadow one really sent us, which glad. was good because and as I was talking. One too. Oh, thank you. Because I told you as I was talking about shadow, my shadow came out because I was so mad at Mahal, who now, of course, that we're completely done is in the midst of a gorgeous nap. Yeah. Thank so God you really did. Because like, guys, if you could see my notes, they're <laughs> so stupid. Like the first thing that I told Meadow that I wanted to talk about on here today, like was the dumbest thing I've ever said out loud. Yeah, but I'm so excited I'm gonna to talk, talk about, about it on Patreon. Patreon. Please come to the Patreon because we're going to talk about more of it. Okay. Thanks for listening. Another solo in the books. Thanks for another listening to us talk about TikTok for another hour. Please go read and review. Read and review. Ring the Thank bell. You. I Watch our episodes comments. on YouTube. Yeah. I, let me tell you. I love someone, YouTube. As someone that's also a YouTube girly just in general, our YouTube's fun because you, you miss a lot of context clues by only listening. I put out a ring light for you fuckers. Go watch the YouTube. All right, we're done. We're done. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Thoughts Mayberry podcast every Monday.